And so we're going to look at God's Word, but before we get there, I want to tell you a story. In 2009, my wife and I decided to go on a hiking vacation. And so we were living in Louisiana at the time, and we decided we were going to go to uh, New Mexico. We were going to start in Albuquerque, hike the Sandia Peak, Lelouch Trail, then head up into the Jemez Mountains, and then finish in the romantic Santa Fe. And so that's what we did. We left Louisiana, headed to Amarillo, Texas, stayed the night, and then from Amarillo, we went straight to Albuquerque. And we hit the trail, and so we wound up on the Lelouch Trail, hiking the Sandia Peak, this most beautiful mountain that overlooks Albuquerque, and, and we got on the trail, but man, we really didn't take much time to prepare our bodies uh, for the altitude, okay? So we just went like straight from Amarillo, like peanut butter on a bagel and some yogurt to go, and then we headed to Albuquerque, packed a few things in the Camelback, and then hit the trail. And when we were on the trail, you can see us here, we were all excited, you know, just fired up, just a young couple, just all in love. We've been married about two years at this time and it's all good and then we just hiking up the Lelouch Trail and you see Chelsea right here in this next photo and she's just posing you know you got the the trees changing color in the background but what you can't see is that we ran out of resources at this time um, I packed like a bottle of water and a clip bar for the trail okay and so from um, this is about the last happy moment of the trail and so, I, I mean, I ain't kidding you, for the rest of the hike, my wife had what's called altitude sickness starting to set in, and so because we didn't adjust to the altitude, and so she's literally, for the last mile of this hike, the most beautiful, scenic views of the hike, she is like one foot in front of the other. Why did you bring me on this trail? This is the worst vacation we ever had. And I'm like right on her, um, I guess her five, trying to make sure she don't fall because it's like sheer cliff, like, if, like my wife would die if she passed out moment. And so we get to the top, I carry her up these steps, set her on a picnic table. We get into what's called a tram, a gondola, whatever you want to call it. Fortunately, they had one of these up at the top of the mountain that would take you down to the base of the mountain. You didn't have to walk yourself down this mountain. And when she gets into the tram, girl passes out. And so you can see her right here. She wasn't doing so good. Yeah, they had oxygen on the, on the tram, and they put the oxygen on her, and there was standing room on about 20 people in there. She just knocked out. And I'm like, baby, on vacation, <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> anyway, we got, she's all right. She's all right. Hey, I'll tell you that story. Because tonight, you're headed on a journey in your relationships. And the, the end goal for most of us here tonight is, is marriage. The destination is marriage. The mountaintop is marriage. And the pathway in which we uh, walk to get married is, is this thing called dating, and so tonight, I'll tell you this story because a lot of us are on this journey, and the way you handle yourself on this journey, or you want to get on this journey, amen, anybody, and the way you handle yourself on this journey, man, it will determine the purpose and the glory of your mountaintop experience called marriage. And if you mislead yourself on this pathway called dating, man, it can cause so much heartache, and it may cost you some pain in your life, and it can cost you everything. And let me tell you that God wants you to win in your relationships. God wants you to have the best relationships possible. That God wants you to experience new heights. He wants you to experience glories and pleasures. Like God has created you for this and he wants this for you, but you're going to have to trust his path. We call this message drowning and dating. Drowning and dating. Because a lot of us have come here tonight and you're either drowning and dating right now, don't look, at your, don't look at your significant other if you came with him, right, or her. I told his message, you better listen up, right? Some of you, you have drowned in dating before, like you're in the single game right now, 
and you just are coming out of a relationship. Some of you want to drown. I just want to get, I just want to get the water on me, right? You know, I'm just trying, right? And so some of you are just, you know, and we're tired of this message, drowning and dating, because a lot of people are drowning and dating, and it leads to a destructive thing in our culture that we all know about called divorce. And we're not winning in marriage. It doesn't matter if you're in the church or out of the church. Nobody's winning. And the vast majority of us, unfortunately, statistics tell us that at least half of us will end in divorce. Some researchers, they said this, the average length of marriage is, that ends in divorce is eight years. Eight years. That here's another one, that the average age for couples going through their first divorce is 30. I'm just trying to make it to the whole 30, you know what I'm saying, Right? Like trying to, 30. How about this one? One researcher said that there's a divorce in our culture every 32 seconds. Let's say I preach 40 minutes tonight. That's 80 divorces. That a lot of us, we felt the pain of us. Maybe some of us have come in here tonight and, and you are divorced. And you're hearing this, you're like, oh my goodness, is there any hope for me? Let me tell you, God hates divorce, but he loves the divorcee. And so, yes, there's hope for you. And I wanted to give you these, uh, th- these uh, statistics because, man, these statistics, they, they communicate that there's a problem. There is something that we need to save. That if we're going to save ourselves from divorce, man, we've got to learn to save the date. We titled this series Save the Date because Save the Date insinuates that you're trying to protect your future, right? You get to save the date in, in your mail, somebody about to get married, we're going to mark that off in your calendar. I'm going to protect this day for this event. When you save the date, it insinuates that you are thinking ahead, that you want to protect your future. And the only way that we're going to be able to protect our futures is if, is if we live carefully now. If you have a copy of God's Word, why don't you find the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. If you're new to the Bible, Ephesians is going to be in the back half of your Bible. You can work through the Gospels, the book of Acts, and then you'll hit God's electric power company, okay? And so that's Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians is number two in that sequence of books. Ephesians, a six-chapter letter written by a guy named Paul. Ephesians chapter five, giving you time to get there. In the Bible, let me tell you, as you're getting there, it doesn't say a whole lot about dating. In fact, about this much of your Bible is on on relationship between a husband and a wife, the rest of us about another relationship called a relationship with Jesus. So the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about dating. Like it doesn't say that Boaz met Ruth and they went to McLean's and got a cookie, some coffee, and a nice conversation. My voice just cracked. Anyway, and so they, you know, they didn't say that in the Bible, that they went and had coffee, conversation, and the rest is history, right? The Bible doesn't say a whole lot about that, but the Bible does tell us a lot about how to live. And if we can take the principle tonight and apply it to our life and take copious notes, because I'm about to hit you in just a second, you better buckle up, then I believe that you can apply some things tonight that will affect your relationships tonight. So the scriptures say this, Ephesians 5, verse 15, says this, be very careful, you can circle that, be very careful, that whole three-letter phrase, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This word careful in the Greek is the word akrobos, and it means by the book. It's that person. I want you to get the strongest rule follower in your mind. You know, the, like the, cat, the type A, capital A, right? That brother, I mean, he just, he cannot break a rule because he, just, I mean, driving right 10 and 2, 70 on the dot. I mean, that brother is a rule follower. That's what he means by careful. This was a, a literary term as well to, to describe somebody who was like the, the paper grader. Y'all, y'all remember that person? 
They're just, I mean, just marked up your English paper. Like, what did I do? Did, I, did you kill somebody while you were grading this, right? But it's that person that's like, oh, didn't put a comma there. Didn't cross that T. That ain't even a word, you know? And that's the idea that they, they are carefully looking for the, the, the minutia details. And that's what God wants. He wants a people that would be very careful in the way that they live. Because the days are evil. And God wants his people to be careful. Because see, here, here's the reality. Let me say this. Your present will become your past. Your, your now will become your then. And when this season of life is just a story, what story do you want to tell? You want a country song or a love song? You know what I'm saying? Country songs are sad. They're about people getting together and breaking up and the dog dying. A love song is about you staying together, all right? Listen, your, your present will become your past. And if you want your past to be a present to your future, then be careful how you live. Let me run that back. Your present will become your past. And if you want your past to be a present or a gift to your future, you need to be careful how you live today. And God wants to see you winning. That day we went on the hike, man, we, um, we, we failed miserably. Like, it turned out to be a disaster because we, we weren't careful. Like, we just rolled up to the trail, didn't pay any attention to our lungs, to our heart, did not acclimate to the altitude, and so it ended miserably. We got on the path too soon. We should have waited. And a lot of you, when it comes to dating, you've gotten on the path too soon. If you're taking notes tonight, write this down, man. You've got a heart to protect. You've got a heart to protect. Proverbs 4, 23 says, to guard your heart or protect your heart with all diligence. You've got to guard it. You've got to protect it. For out of it springs the issues of life. And so let me give you five ways to protect your heart or, to, or five things to think through before you even get on the path called dating. The first thing is, man, you've got to learn how to inform your heart, not listen to your heart. Inform your heart, don't listen to your heart. Man, follow your heart, such a, such a common token of advice in our culture. My kids, they're, they're being brought up on Barbie right now, and that's all she says, follow your heart, here, follow your heart, here, follow your heart and dance, follow your heart and swim, follow your heart and date. But the scripture would say something quite different about your heart. In Jeremiah 17, 9, check this out. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Like no one has fooled you more than the heart inside of you. No one has lied to you. No one has misled you more than you. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Seriously, girls, right? Girls, right? What's going on? Why do I feel these things? What are you doing, right? Who can know it? Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a way that seems right, man, this is ours. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. That our hearts inside of us, man, that we've got to learn not to listen to our heart, but to preach to our heart, to inform our heart. It's like, it's like GPS. You've got to tell your heart where to go and then let it follow. You can't just let your heart just go wherever it wants to go. And you got to inform your heart, this is the goal, this is the coordinates, this is the destination. Now let's go, heart. And you got to let it know where to go. Number two, you got to know your goal. you got to know your goal. Or next principle, you got to know your goal before you get on the path. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish or they run around like crazy. 
So you got to know what is your goal before you even get on the path. So let me break this down real quick. I think there's two types of dating in the room. There's social dating. So guys, like if you have like a, um, a dance, maybe you want to go like to a social swing dance or maybe you want to two-step tonight, whatever. Maybe you just want to go to Paradigm. You can ask a lady, hey, would you, would you like to come with me, okay? It's just a social gathering. You know, there's no strings attached here. I mean, it's just, and so that's social dating. That's okay. And, and then there's marriage-seeking dating. And that's, that's a whole different ballgame. That's like, hey, let's go to coffee. Now, now let me be straight. Like, don't, don't come out the gate and say, look, girl, let's go to coffee. My goal is to get married. All right, that's going to be a little too intense, all right? So just back off a little bit. Have a little game, okay? And just say, hey, would you like to go to coffee? I, you know, I, I'd like to, you know, have a conversation with you and buy you a cup of coffee. And look deeply in your I'm just kidding, all right. And so, but know your goal. Know your goal. Unless, uh, and if you don't know your goal where there's no vision, man, you're just going to go wherever. See, dating's not a status. It's a process, it's a pathway. It's not an identity. It's a pathway in order for you to reach the destination called marriage. And let me give you a definition of dating. Dating is for observation and edification. Dating is for observation and edification. So before you get on the path, here's what you need to ask. Am I ready to get married? Not am I ready to have sex. Not am I tired of being alone. Am I ready to get married? So know your goal before you ever get on the path. Number, number next is to get stable. Get stable. Some of you, man, you, you think, man, I'm, I'm just, man, I ain't got a job. I like weed. I should get a girlfriend. <laughs> and, and you think, like, she's going to be like, your, like, like the, the woman that's going to save your life. No, she's going to be like another mama to you, man. You need to get stable. Like, get out of debt. Get a job. Get out of your mom and daddy's house, unless you're saving a lot of money to buy a house. That's all right. Get stable because you need to be stable in order to be able to be in a right relationship. Don't get on the path if you ain't even got stable yourself. The next one is you need to date someone who loves Jesus. You need to date someone who loves Jesus. Um, 1 John 2.6 says this, if you claim to know him, talking about God, you will walk like Jesus did. If you claim to know him, you'll walk like Jesus did. Let me ask you this question. Is the, purchase, the person that you're interested in, is it obvious that he or she loves Jesus? When I was single, I began to pray five specific things, but number one on my list was this. God, I want you to send me a woman that loves you with everything in her and that it's obvious. I wanted to be able to be um, able to see that she oozed the love of Jesus. I ain't talking, I, I said, God, I don't want a Christian girl. I want a godly woman. There's a difference. See, anybody can be a Christian in America. Oh, you drive a, you drive a Ford? Yeah. You must be a Christian. <laughs> yeah. I believe in God. Well, my Bible says the demons believe in God too. And you may be looking more like a demon now that I got to know you. Make sure they're not just a Christian. Make sure they love Jesus. And number five, before you ever get on the path, man, you got to pray. You got to pray. Romans 8, 28 says this, that God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. And so in this season, if you're in a season of waiting, if you're, on, if you're about to get on the path, or you're like, God, I see the mountain. I want to get on the path with somebody. Man, pray and know that God is at work in your life. He's working all, if you're a Christian and you've trusted God for your salvation, but you can't trust him in your singleness, where's your faith? Pray. 
He's working in your life, all things for good. And when that anxiety comes up and that tension and you're like, God, am I ever going to meet a man? God, am I ever going to get a woman? 1 Peter 5, 5 says to cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Don't you know God loves you? He knit you together in your mother's womb. He created for a purpose. And you can come to God with those lonely nights. You can come to God with those heartaches. You can come to God when you've been seeing people on Instagram. Everybody seems like they're in love on February 14th. And you all at home watching Netflix again. You can, come, you can go to God. Sorry, was that too real on somebody? My bad. <laughs> and, and then here's what you do when you pray. You say, God, help me to Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. Man, know that God wants you to seek him first. He's more concerned about you and him than you and her. That God desires for you to, to guard your heart. Man, to protect your heart. And you've got to own your part and protect your heart. Nobody's going to protect your heart like you can. And some of you ladies like, he just drug my heart through the mud. No, that was your fault. Yes, he probably did, but you're the one that got to get your defense mechanisms up, girl. And shoot them missiles of sweet this and that that he done said to you. Guard your heart. And God desires to give you wisdom, but wisdom, man, it asks the hard questions. Wisdom ain't easy, and if it was easy, everybody would have it. Wisdom asks the hard questions, and, and it asks them before you even start. And it doesn't trust feelings, because feeling, like, I don't want to take away. Your feelings are real, but they're not reliable. And wisdom says, hey, you've got to push through what you feel and see what is right and what is real and what is true. You've got to inform it. You've got to protect your heart. It's your job. And the reason we failed that day is not only because um, we got on the path too soon, we didn't pay attention to our lungs or to our heart. We didn't acclimate to the altitude, but, but on the real, I told you this earlier, we weren't prepared. Like, I was like, yeah, uh, I, you know, all we need is like a bottle of water and a cliff bar. We got this, babe. Because, see, I had looked at so many trails up until that point that I had forgotten about this trail. And, and I, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't prepared. I was like, yeah, I think it's like a three-mile hike or something. No, it's nine, nine miles. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I think it's just, it's just up there, 3,600 feet. Uh, the website says strenuous. Make sure you have a minimum of two quarts of water per person and snacks. And, and so, man, we failed miserably because uh, we weren't prepared. So if you're taking notes tonight, point number two, you got a path to prepare. you got a path to prepare. We're talking about living carefully tonight, men and women. We're talking about having success in our dating because a lot of us are coming in, we're drowning in dating. But if you want to have a great dating experience and reach your destination and fulfill your purpose in this marriage you got a path to prepare. Proverbs 4.26 says this, ponder the path of your feet. Think about it. Where are you going? What are you bringing with you? Then it says, and let all your ways be established. In the Hebrew, that word established can also mean prepared. Think about where you're going and then let all of your ways be prepared. How have you prepared yourself for dating? How have you prepared yourself for dating? Again, daddy's a process, not a status, man. It's a pathway. So we ran into a couple uh, on our way up the mountain, and we're like, hey, are we getting close? And they're like, man, you ain't even close. <laughs> and we done ran out of water at that point. I'm like, ah, well, we got this, babe. We got it. We should have been like, get off the path. We ran into another couple, and they were an older couple. And we were like, we're about to step on past them, old folks, right? And then, and then um, at mile seven, I mean mile eight, when, when my wife was dipping down, they, they passed us. And I was like, 
can I get, can I get some of that water? Because they, they were prepared for the path, and so they were able to reach their destination and enjoy the glory and the beauty and the, the purpose of the mountain because they had prepared. How have you prepared yourself for dating? Dating is for observation and for edification. And it's important that we prepare ourselves for dating. And it's important that we do this preparation and we do the pain of preparing because there's a marriage that is coming. And we've got to prepare for our marriage more than our wedding. And so if you've got like 13 secret boards on Pinterest, and you're like, oh, we're going to put this in the center of my tables, and then we're going to, i got these bridesmaids' dresses, and you've got it all figured out, right, girl? you got it all figured out. But you haven't done nothing to prepare your heart to be a godly wife. What's that say? Or, or brothers, you, I mean, you got it all figured out. You're like, honeymoon night, about to technique this, technique, I mean, you got it all mapped out, right? About to be just. But you ain't done nothing to become a godly man and a godly husband. What is that saying? Because see, here's the deal. I've seen a lot of beautiful weddings, but a lot of ugly marriages. Let that not be said about anybody here tonight. So you got a path to prepare. So the way that I want to encourage you to prepare for your path, man, you got to provide clarity. you got to provide clarity. Clarity gives vision for the future. The majority of your frustrations in a relationship come from unmet expectations. The way that you get on the same page of expectations is that there's got to be a communication in the process or clarity. See, good leaders, they eliminate confusion. Paul said it like this, that God is not the author of confusion. And so his people shouldn't be either. And so, men, it's our job to provide clarity. you got to know your, your goal, but you also have got to give updates. Um, I, I had to apologize this week to my wife. Man, I've, I've been studying all this, getting ready for you guys. Man, y'all been, I've, had, I've had some sleepless nights, just like just in, in toil over, just thinking about tonight. And, and, and I had to go to my wife like three days ago. I was in the kitchen. I was like, hey, babe, I've been studying about dating and all this stuff. Um, I, I didn't do the best job. And I'm sorry. And I wasn't the man that, that I've learned I need to be. But there was this one time that I got it right while we were dating, and I provided an update, all right? And so, man, check this out. Um, before your next phone update, you need to update your girl if you got one, all right? You need to update. I would say monthly, give her an update, right? So we were driving down in my Z71 on Gentry Highway listening to some George Strait. That's why I used to listen to back today. And I turned it down, and I was like, Chelsea, in this so sober moment, with no, you know, no romance in the truck. I mean, nothing. We're just driving. I said, girl, I just want to, I want to let you know I love you. I love you. And, and I, I want that to, I want you to know that. that it, ain't, it ain't in the moment, man. This is real. And what that does, guys, when you give a woman an update, when you, when you have clarity, man, that provides security. And that allows that woman not to be going, oh, I got to read his mind all the time. What's going on? And good leaders, they eliminate confusion. Give her an update. So be careful of the lingering relationship. Be careful of the seven years we're going to date to nothing. And girls, don't give, him the, don't give him the milk if he ain't bought the cow. All right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you got to be careful in the lingering relationship. 
Good leaders, they provide clarity. That's how you prepare the path. Number two, dating community. Next one's dating community. Proverbs 12, 15 says this, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs 15, 22 says this, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. See, in the old days, when you used to date, you dated in community. You would have him or her over to your mama's house, and y'all would sit in the living room, play board games and, and talk and stuff in community. But we've got this new thing called dating, where you go out and you go see a movie or you go out and get coffee, but, but you got to learn to, to redeem that old school way and date in community like, like girls. What other women do you trust and love and know that, tr- that, that trust and love you? What, what other women are watching your man interact with women that he's not trying to have sex with? That he's not trying to get something with? Men, what, what are the men do you have in your life with, that are observing your girl interact with other men that she's not trying to win over? How are you allowing, like it's, it's natural to peel off when you start dating, like the, I get it, but, but it's, it's unnatural for you to lose yourself in each other. And you've got to trust, man, you've got to trust that God has a plan for the community. Song of Solomon, one of the most beautiful pictures of romance in the Bible, there's four voices, the voice of the man, the woman of God, and of the woman's friends. And the woman, like, she falls in love with this man head over here. She's like, I want to kiss this man. I want to, and, the, and, the, and his, her girlfriend's like, whoa, whoa. Now, he got it going on, all right? I'm going to tell you. I mean, he's a good dude, all right? But, and so they affirm her choice, but then they caution her in her sexual purity. And they say, he's a good man, but do not arouse love until it so desires. Do not arouse or awaken love. And so you need those people around you that will help you because, listen, Proverbs 27, 6 says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so trust those who love you the most to speak into your relationships. Don't give them a stiff arm if they don't like your man or your woman. But hear them out and hear what they can see because there's things that you can't see. Next principle is you've got to learn to observe carefully. Observe carefully. Paul, talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, 22, he says, never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. Somebody like, what does that have to do with dating? Here's the principle. Don't be in a hurry to put people in places of, of power in your life. And here's what he says in verse 24. He says, remember, the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment, but here we go. But there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. Paul said, you got to watch them. Dating is for observation and for edification. You got to observe carefully because, I mean, girls, you know this, like like Frozen taught you this, right? I mean, Elsa and Prince Hans, like like they were something special. Love was an open door in that moment. And then Kristoff was like, tell me about your man. What's his life? I don't know. But we get married. He loved me. We finished each other's sandwiches. (laughs) But in the end, Hans was crooked. And when you give yourself time to observe, it allows you to see the cracks in someone's character because cracks in someone's character will become fault lines that will create rifts in your relationship in the future. And you got to learn to observe carefully. I was talking to a young adult who had to break up with his girlfriend. They were a match made in heaven, it seemed like. But there was a, there was a difference in their conviction and because of that difference in their conviction, he said, hey, I don't know that we're meant for each other. And he knew that dating was for observation and for edification, and he had to break up with this girl, which was hard, but it was the wise and right thing to do. you got to observe carefully. 
And when you begin to mine the depths of this person's character, oh God, hopefully you'll see these beautiful things. Like, like when you begin to observe them, Paul would say that there's also good things that are obvious, but good things that take a little while. When you begin to observe and mind the depths of their character, you begin to see that, that this woman has some incredible passions. You begin to see his mission and his dreams in life. And I hopefully, hopefully God will allow you to say this about somebody. And I hope that you would write this down, that you would get to see those beautiful things, those glimpses of glory in that person's life. And you would say, the flashes of your future self are attracting to me. Who, are you, who you are becoming, who I can see in you, it sure looks good. The flashes of your future self are attracting me. Next principle, you want to, excuse me, underneath, observe carefully. You want to look at their past, not their promises, okay? When you're observing them, you want to look at their past, not their promises. See, promises are easy to make. But the past is undeniable. You know, promises are easy to make, right? I mean, it's, it's January 30th. Some of y'all made a lot of promises about 30 days ago. And, and you, you're like, you're a member of a new gym. I mean, you got those, that blue apron coming, right? You know, about to eat right. And, and how many blue aprons you had to throw away? Like, you was like, yeah, I'm going to do a whole 30. All right, maybe like a whole 15, all right. <laughs> promises are easy to make. And so look at their past, not their promises. And your past always trumps your promises. See, people change, but people don't change people. Jesus changes people. And so you think if you dating that man is going to change him, look at his past. Not his pro- I promise I'll change for you, baby. You're like, oh, I'm about to change this man. He got money too? Come on. You, you can't change nobody. Nobody can be Jesus except for Jesus and so be careful when you look at their past and there becomes some sort of uh, uh, rift in that relationship and they begin to just say, oh, I need you though. Be careful when somebody declares their dependence upon you. I know it feels good, but when they declare their dependence upon you and say things like, with your help, I can become a better person. You complete me. I'll be whatever you want. I- I'll never overcome this without you, baby. You're my rock, man. You're my rock. Be careful when they declare their dependence. That's a red flag. You need to get off the path. Because you were never meant to be somebody's savior. Only Jesus can do that. The next thing, if you're going to prepare for the path, you've got to learn how to value conflict. Value conflict. See, all relationships are marked by conflict, but all unhealthy relationships are marked by unhealthy conflict. If you're going to enter in a relationship with anybody, you're going to have conflict. And you've got to learn how to value that conflict because when that conflict arises, it squeezes you and reveals who you really are. See, here's the reality. You're, you ain't perfect. They are not perfect, and we live in an imperfect world, and so imperfection is going to happen. There's going to be issues that come up, but if you have conflict and you have a, a, a history of dating and leaving when there's conflict, you become a serial dater, right? You know, like, date this girl, oh, she got issues. Let me date this girl, she got issues. Oh, let me date this girl, she got issues. Oh, man, she got issues. Let me date uh, issues, and, and you think, oh, all women are crazy. No, you make them crazy, man. Like, that, you the issue, Right? And so you, what, here's what you're doing. If, if you run when conflict arises, you're training yourself for divorce. And if you don't learn how to value conflict, you're training yourself for divorce. But you're like, man, what, what, what conflict? What about chemistry, Chad? See, see, when I was in chemistry, things blew up. And your chemistry that you got going on with your man, it's going to blow up. Just give it time. 
And listen, chemistry is not the thing that leads you to intimacy. It's conflict that leads you to intimacy. And some of y'all think when you get married, it's going to be one big climax. I got news for you. Let's be real. If you don't learn how to handle conflict, ain't no climax happening. Ain't no intimacy happening in your household when you get married if you can't handle conflict. If she ain't at peace, you, you got to handle that. You got to learn how to value conflict, not to run from conflict. The last thing, if you're going to prepare on the path, you're going to have to walk the path of purity. You're going to have to walk the path of purity. Ephesians 5, just earlier in the, uh, the chapter, Paul would say, there should be no hint not even a name, not even a sniff of sexual immorality amongst God's people. Some of y'all are like, no, hint. Like, bro, but how are we going to know if we're compatible? Look, look, if you're a dude, God created you with certain anatomy that happens to be compatible with a woman. And, and most men are compatible with most women. You, you don't need to worry about the physiological side. You need to worry about the relational side. And the only way you can see with clarity the relational side of your intimacy is if you walk the path of purity because sex is so confusing, man. It's intoxicating. And, and it creates this bond that is not easily separated. And it creates this love blindness. One anthropologist, Helen Fisher, she said this, casual sex isn't so casual. With orgasm, you get a spike of dopamine. Dopamine's associated with romantic love. And you can just fall in love with somebody who you're just having casual sex with. With orgasm, then you get a real rush of oxytocin and vasopressin. Those are associated with attachment. That's why you can feel such a sense of cosmic union with somebody after you just made love to them. That sex isn't just casual. It's not just something we do, friends with benefits. It's not a good idea because you're gluing yourself to that person. It's how you were made. That's why God says don't do it, and that's why if you've been in a sexual relationship before and you break up, you're like, my heart is broken. I feel like somebody's kicked me in the gut, like you feel physiologically sick because you've just attached all of yourself to that person, and it's ripped, and now God's saying, no, I didn't want this for you. I told you to walk the path of purity. And when we walk the path of purity, we got to know that we're doing what God has created us to do because here's this deal. Sex, it wrecks your relationships. Sex wrecks your relationships, but purity paves the path to marital intimacy. Will there be tension? Oh, yes, there's going to be tension. Will it be difficult? Oh, yes, it's going to be difficult. For you to keep your hands to yourself is going to be incredibly challenging. Will it be worth it? Oh, yes, it will be worth it. Because sexual purity, like nothing else, will allow you to soberly assess the health of the relationship. It will also allow you to build self-control, trust, patience, like nothing else. If you're having sex or sexually active with someone tonight, stop and see how strong the relationship is. This is your only season to build self-control, trust, patience, and you better believe that you're going to need those things to have a healthy marriage. And so God, when he says, don't, he's saying, don't hurt yourself. Walk the path of purity. 
So we suffered greatly on the path that day, man, because we, we started too soon. We, we weren't prepared. And, and so I told you already, we got to the top. Chelsea's man, she crashed out. And, and really, like, well, the reason why we did that is because I was a terrible leader. Like, I didn't, I didn't set us up for success. And, and, and here's the deal. My wife followed me. So she's she just as bad as I am, all right? And listen, some of you are, are a terrible leader, too. And, and the man that you're following, ladies, man, he, he's, a, he's a moron, and he's not prepared your relationship for success. He's selfish, and you need to get off the path. And some of you ladies, guys, you need to, you need to observe this woman. You think she's nagging you to the bone now? Wait till she gets some wedding cake. And you need to observe, and you need to get off the path. Like, you need to take, let, let do a lip of preach tonight. One, don't pick up the phone. Two, don't let him in. Three, don't be his friend. And if you're under him, you ain't getting over him. And you may need to go home and make a hard decision. You're like, oh, but I love him. I know, I know you do. You may just love him more than Jesus. And so you may need to go home and make a hard decision. Some of you are like, break up, no, no, but what if I don't get married? What if I stay single forever? God, Chad, you telling me to break up, Chad, what if I never have sex? You won't die. (laughs) You, You die when you don't get water. You die when you don't eat. You don't die when you don't have sex. And if you know Jesus, and you trust he's working all things together for the good, and you cast your cares upon him. And you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The reward that you'll inherit in the next life to come will far outweigh the temporary pleasures of a climax in bed. Is Jesus worth it? Yeah, he's worth it. So if you're going to have wisdom and you're going to be able to walk this path, man, the path, you've got to be prepared because the path is hard enough when you've got the right things let alone when you haven't prepared. And if you, you may come here and you may think, oh, I'm going to have the best wedding ever. But again, I've seen a lot of beautiful weddings, but a lot of ugly marriages. And so you, if you don't do this, if you start too soon, you don't prepare properly, and you're going to miss out on point number three, a purpose to enjoy. A purpose to enjoy. Man, the purpose for us that day when we were hiking was to get to the mountaintop and look out over the beautiful scenery and go and hold hands and kiss each other and say, wow, we made it. The path took us here. It was tough, but we got here. Let's get something to drink, something to eat. Let's enjoy this. But we missed out. We took a path that got us to our destination, but we started too soon. We weren't prepared, and what was supposed to be uh, something of grandeur turned out to be a disaster. Marriage is supposed to be something of grandeur, not a disaster, and God wants you to have an incredible, successful, pleasurable, purposeful, gospel-centered, earth-shattering, rocking marriage, but you can't have the benefits of the rock if you keep building on the sand. And God wants this for you. And so again, we got to the top of the mountain. And it was miserable. And my wife, as you can see, she was trashed in this gondola, this, this tram. It's funny now because she's okay. I mean, she's all right. And it's funny now, but, but this is a picture of a lot of you emotionally tonight. Like, I mean, you thought, everything, you thought it was going to be, you thought you were a match made in heaven. Everybody around you, they said, we want to be like you. 
But, but then this happened. And you thought it was supposed to be purposeful. You thought it was supposed to be glorious. But, but now you find yourself in the fetal position, needing oxygen spiritually. And if we're going to save our marriages, if we're going to enjoy the purpose in which we were designed to enjoy, we're going to need to save the date. So um, a, uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a man that used to be a lifeguard. And um, he said when he was a lifeguard, they taught him these three, these three assessments, these three questions. And the questions were this, when they saw somebody drowning, they would, they would think to themselves, man, is this, are they in trouble? And then they would say, well, well man, are they, um, are, do they need help? Are they in trouble? Do they need help? And then lastly, they would ask, like, will they cooperate? And before they could ever jump in and rescue this person, they had to assess whether or not this person was in trouble, if they would cooperate, and if they needed help. And can I just be like a lifeguard to you tonight? The lifeguard, he assumes his position. He has a perspective that you don't have. And some of us are coming here tonight, and man, we're drowning in dating. What we thought would be a glorious a euphoria, bliss, is a disaster. But your response to these three questions will determine your next steps in this season of life. Is your dating life in trouble? Does your dating life need help? And see right there, a lot of us were like, yeah, yeah, man. Give me, yeah, what you got? I'm ready for 30 more minutes. And, and we like to hear a lot. But here's the last one. Will you cooperate? Because if you won't cooperate when you're drowning, you won't get saved. And so the next few weeks, we're going to give you, we're going to give you the juice, man. My challenge is this. Come back. Assess the health of your relationships and those around you. Invite somebody because there's somebody else that need to hear this. And be willing to try something new. I know it's old school Bible speak, but what are you doing this work so far? And be willing to try something new. And you just might find a purpose in which you were made relationally if God calls you to marriage. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for my friends tonight. God, for the man or woman that looks at their past so far and they, they're drowning. God, they need a lifesaver. Maybe they started dating when they were 11 or 12 or 13 because they thought it was fun and cute and it created so much heartache and so much baggage. God, I pray for my, my friends tonight that are divorced. God, that they would hear that you're not done with them. God, yeah, you hate divorce. You don't want to see marriages fall apart, but you love the divorcee. God, for my brother that's struggling with his singleness, God, you would equip him with your presence. You would know that he's not worthless, that she's not too far gone, but that you're working. God, I pray that you would help us to, 
have successful relationships, that we would be countercultural in the way that we do dating. So that when people see our marriages, they would say, Oh, God, you are beautiful. And to you be the glory. God, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, we're powerless to have change and to walk the path of purity and the path of wisdom without your Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. So would you reveal yourself now, Holy Spirit? Help them to see that you love them so much that you died on a cross for them to pay the penalty of their sin and that you rose victorious to show yourself powerful and worthy of their life. And that you desire to throw out a a line to them that, that you would rescue them from the waters of life and sin and death. And they would come to know you tonight. God, help us to save the date. 